He's Aaron. She's Elizabeth. And, and we're, we're married, married to, to the, the idea. idea. I sound a little uh, quiet tonight. It's because I am not feeling 100%. But I am I am pushing through you for mean, you loyal listeners. You mean you're not just in shock and awe at what we watched tonight? <laughs> uh, I'm a little in shock and awe of tonight. So before we get into that, we're going to do our plug party beforehand because we always kind of let it roll We ramble way too long at the end. So yeah. in case you didn't know... Uh, we're a husband and wife team who like to talk about different points of view in case you're just catching in right now on episode 14 for some reason and don't know what this is all about. Um, but uh, we are on Facebook at Married to the Idea. Super uh, easy to find us. Yeah, Facebook.com slash Married to the Idea Reviews. Those are always different. I don't know why. We couldn't get all the same names. On Twitter, we're Married number two, the idea. And then if you want to send us something, it's marriedtotheideareviews at gmail.com. Yeah. Our poor inbox has been so empty. So empty. I'm actually really excited to record tonight um, because things have been super crazy since we released our Clue and Murder by Death episode. Yeah, we've gotten a lot of positive response, like a lot more than I was expecting. A couple very fans happy. commenting on the Facebook page, yeah. and it already has the most views out of all of our podcast That's episodes. So cool. It is actually, oddly enough, now tied with something that was not even in the running before. It's this and Muppet Treasure Island versus Treasure Planet <laughs> tied for most views, which is so cool. Two, I have no t- idea. Two uh, t- Tim Curry versions. That That's I both. it. It's Tim Curry. We found it, Aaron. we got to go watch it now. Uh, actually, I do plan on doing that. I don't know if we'll review it on here or not, but I do. I want to see this movie because I've heard it's really good. So. With all the Halloween stuff, I feel like I have to watch at least one scary movie. I don't know if you movie. can do it or not. I'm barely sure I can sit through it. So, like, I'm going to have to do it in the middle of the day type thing. So, but, so tonight um, we went for a creepy as opposed yes. to scary. Oh, we didn't finish our plugs. What are we missing? Uh, the SoundCloud and the iTunes. We are on SoundCloud as well as iTunes. If you're not already listening to us on And now the plug party is home. Okay. So, uh, yes, we decided to go with the more, because we're kind of ramping up to Halloween slash October. The holiest time of the year. Uh, I love the time. (laughs) But I don't, I'm a a big stickler, especially with Halloween uh, and Christmas. I don't try to celebrate it too early because I feel it takes away some of the magic from actually celebrating. I think I pushed too hard last year with Christmas, so I think I'm going to be a little bit more lenient on it, but this year it's like I'm having to kind of push with Halloween like cuz there's Halloween candy in all everywhere. It's like I'm like are you kidding me? Like you guys are getting as bad as as freaking Christmas. Like like I I I'm I'm shaking my head, but um like celebrate all the month of October. I'm absolutely for that. Oh, but I like do. like like, it's September 1st, the air just got a little bit of a chill, and I'm seeing pumpkin stuff everywhere. I'm like, come on. It's too early for your jack-o'-lanterns, guys. Take it from someone who knows. Do not get it a week in advance. Yeah. You will have a very saggy pumpkin. So, um, we went with kind of a unique format this time. We compromised. Um, yeah, we've been trying to not just do movies um, or TV shows. A big thing that, actually, we met in a in the... Uh, Farragut Middle School Library. We actually met there, and that's actually where I proposed. There's a video that maybe we'll post later on of me proposing. Uh, but the um, 
we met there because we both love to read. My love has dwindled some. I read more like uh, online articles or stories that people post through like Ask Reddit and you know the people that take those Ask Reddit forms and they're like, 16 times babysitters revealed the weirdest experiences they've ever had. Or uh, 22 times a firefighter found something weird. It really strange stories, but I, I am addicted to them right now. So, um, but with uh, with this, we um, we both have a couple short stories. I have an author. Uh, his name is Bruce Coville, who loves to do kind of anthology books, um, but like for kids and young adults and stuff like that. Um, and he got one together for, um, for, there's like one for mon or there's like a couple for monsters, one for ghosts, one for, um, uh, like magic, and then, uh, one for aliens. Uh, there may be a sci-fi one, but like there's one specifically for aliens. And it's a lot of fun because, uh, a couple of them were Ray Bradbury ones, but even in this one, they had the original story, the original short story for To Serve Man, the one of the most famous Twilight Zones. I, probably, I think the one of the more higher rated ones, because I looked on IMDb, is 9.2 out of 10. And when I heard that Ray Bradbury was in there, I'm like, yes, I adore Ray Bradbury. I have a bunch of his novels. I have his collected 100 best short stories in a giant book on our <laughs> shelf. I love his work i think he is a he was a crazy prolific he was extremely prolific he wrote teleplays he wrote novels short stories movies scripts he did everything and it's mm -hmm. amazing to have just one writer produce that huge of a body of work um so imagine my surprise when i figured when i actually found one of those sets called the ray bradbury theater She's actually been pressing me to watch this for a long time, and finally I gave in. And I'm actually kind of glad that I did. Yeah. But also at the same time, I, I also feel a little vindicated, because they are so steeped in the 80s. They are like... Hard not to be, man. Like, the 80s were a very potent time. And like early to mid 80s. Like this, like watching those absolutely reminded me of watching uh, Are You Afraid of the Dark? That just steeped is so dipped into the the time frame that they were in that like it's now timeless because it's so built around that time well that's why i think we have a really interesting episode to talk about because i read the short stories previous to watching the short films about them from this old tv show and there's something about bradbury's work that is near impossible to translate onto film and it definitely has gotten close with some of these, but the nice thing about his work is that the writing feels timeless. It never, even if it's set in a specific era, the era is timeless. Mm -hmm. Nothing is too far-fetched. The sci-fi isn't so techno-babble that you can't understand what's going on. The magical is never too magical as to be a generic fantasy setting here sort of thing. Yeah. And, uh... In contrast, I did not read *To Serve Man*, but just watched it. And as with all uh, *Twilight Zone* episodes, it was uniquely charming because I had only previously to this watched one episode, and it was the man who uh, 
survives a nuclear blast all alone, and he finally gets to be alone and read books. And then his glasses break, and he's not there. It's not there. Time. So that's the only previous experience I had, and this one was so much more Twilight Zoney with. The weird, uh, well, before so we, many before, things. Before we get into that episode, I think we need to keep rolling on this Ray Bradbury uh, rant you've got going on. You just on, want so. to talk about the Surf Man last. That's I, okay. No, no, no. Because I, 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 we, we watched three episodes of the Ray Bradbury Theater. I think we should talk about the the, the two uh, that we liked the least out of the three. Then mm-hmm. we'll do to Surf Man, and then we'll do the... The last one. Let's so. go for it. Um, so the first one uh, that we watched was a very unique one. Well, unique in the sense that it, it was shot in a very interesting way. Um, I got a little Hitchcock vibe out of it, honestly, with these weird camera angles and the intense just like sweat on brow sort of stuff like yeah i got um uh, the the basic story it's is, called uh the fruit at the bottom of the bowl yeah i kept thinking that like there was gonna be something to do with this and there really wasn't the title wasn't a misnomer but... we'll talk about the differences between it and the story okay. as we go all right well a quick synopsis is basically this guy uh finds out that his wife is cheating on him with his with a gentleman or a friend of his who has been telling him that he's going to be able to um, publish his story. Um, oh, by the way, I guess we need to really like just put a slap a big old spoiler warning on all As of this. As with always, we are we really should have just been calling ourselves spoiler con because all I, we do is I think spoil I tr- things. I think I tried and the name was already taken. So These came out more than three decades ago, guys. It's your own fault now. Uh, yeah, at this point. Well, I mean, I hadn't even heard of Ray Bradbury Theater until last year, so... Um, but... You'll be able to tell very quickly you should pick up your own copy by who is in the shorts. Y- yes. Uh, so this one stars Michael Ironside of, uh, Starship Troopers. Total Recall. Total Recall. Uh, a lot of other, uh, fame. He's, he's one of those actors that you know who he is, you just need to say his face. Um, but he, uh, he plays the main character, um, and, uh, the character actually goes to the house to confront the guy to tell his friend to stay away from his wife and to tell him that he's a big old jerk for not publishing the story and he ends up killing him but the, that's not that's like this that's the setup but that's not the yeah short it opens itself. with the man already dead yeah and it's told piecemeal as the short progresses how the situation came to be the main focus is that he slowly and obsessively becomes enraptured by how many fingerprints he has left around this man's house. And if he's going to get away with the perfect crime, now that he's killed the man, he must wipe away all evidence of these fingerprints. And he's, he, he like, the, the scent starts slow, but it, it spirals out of control near the end, but... It, you're kind of like you're kind of along for the ride, but you're also very aware of it. Um, I would say out of the three that we watched, this is my least favorite. I would agree. I don't find it to be a faithful adaptation of Bradbury's work. The slow buildup and the talking to himself bit—it's a lot easier to talk to yourself without the reader getting wise in a book than it is in the short. Because yeah. you—he does a you know Golem Smeagol thing here. The Willem Dafoe and Spider-Man sort of thing, but oh, in the book, it's a lot more ambiguous, like, 
So is he actually saying these things out loud? Is he literally talking to himself? And he continually goes back to the fruit at the bottom of the bowl. He is always saying to himself, you know, I didn't touch the fruit in the bottom of the bowl, but better safe than sorry. And he goes and he polishes the fruit at the bottom of the bowl to make sure there's no fingerprints. And he keeps coming back again and again. The story goes on in great detail about how he had to go through 85 drawers in this house before he found a single pair of gloves. And how when he starts doing a door frame, he's like, well, I touched the wall too. And I touched this. And he like will start, he cleans the entire wall of a room turns around when he looks back he imagines in his crazed mind that all these spiders have come out and made all these little webs shaped like the whorls of his fingertips and he's like driving himself mad thinking about all the things he touched or didn't touch and in a book it's a lot easier to play that game off and with this one the visuals sometimes the visuals are very jarring but in a good way like um there are times when like the way it's shot um because i actually kind of see what you mean with hitchcock and um how like at one point he's like rubbing down a um, the the handrail of a stair, and like in the mirror you see his delusion. You see him seeing his wife drinking with the the guy that he just killed, and you know and he's like no no, and he's like stay away from her, and then he's like oh I must keep wiping. And this story works better, I feel like, with minimal dialogue. This story, told entirely through visuals, we would get it. We would see the descent. In the book, it's okay because you don't know what he's saying in his head and what he's saying out loud. Yeah. But here, it's if it was just him just like seeing these fingerprints everywhere no matter where he went, and it does a really good job with its editing by cutting back to flashbacks without it doesn't force the reader. Hey, we're going into a flashback now. It lets you make the conclusion. (laughs) Oh, he's alive now. It must be a flashback. Yeah. So. Um, and Michael Ironside, I think, I really feel like he tried his best. Yes. Um, he, he is probably the one good aspect of this, of the whole thing. The visuals worked, and then they didn't work, and then they worked, and then they didn't work. The writing worked, and then it didn't work, and then it worked, and I've it always work. found, yeah. the setups that Bradbury uh, makes are incredibly filmable. But his line work, if his words, if not delivered correctly or in the correct Kinda. tone or position, derail the whole thing because you think no one talks like that. So kind of Shyamalan-esque. Yeah, he shows himself who's writing. But the thing is, when you read it, it doesn't feel that way. I feel like if Shyamalan yeah. wrote scripts, it'd be uh, wrote books, it'd be way too just like, come on, dude, hide. But Bradbury has a great way of spinning a yarn without being over-descriptive or additive or cliche. Oh, that's me. Um, so... <laughs> oh, uh, in, in picking these, we definitely picked um, IMDb. We asked to give us the most popular ones and ones that I'd read the short story to so we could have some Yeah, there was, a, there was a couple uh, deciding factors, so... Yeah, we turned down the one with Drew Barrymore and William Shatner. Yeah, um, yeah, we'll have to... We might do, like, a William Shatner episode or something like How? that one time. But um, there... There's uh yeah there there looks like there's some other ones oh. that we might check out later on but yeah the um the ending to the fruit at the bottom of the bowl oh yeah it plays out much the same way basically in the book it's a hard cut to the police found him at six a.m. the next morning the entire house had been polished to mirror finish not a speck of dust anywhere and he's up in the attic polishing off things that have not been touched for two generations of people because he's become so obsessed in his mind that 
of course it was up in the attic. Of course I touched everything up in here. Quick, rub it down. And they, they come in and he's like, I'm almost done. And they lead him off. And as he leaves, he gives the doorknob a polish before he closes the door. It's like, finally got them all. As the police are carting him away. Yeah, I've, I've, I've pulled off the perfect crime. The show did a funny thing about saying, I, this did not show up in the book at all, that the man he killed actually had terminal cancer and was going to die soon anyway. So he's actually a favor he did him, which is ironic justice kind of in the short but it doesn't justice. it doesn't need it <laughs> it's a little tacked on because the what happens is the guy ends up saying like come on and kill me come on pull the trigger yeah, you're a coward and, you wouldn't do it yeah it's it it was really strange and again i i kind of feel like it was tacked on and I feel like there, there's some kind of key changes, but if they made them, it would have made this so much stronger. So, rolling on to the second one, uh, or our middle favorite, whatever you want to call it. The Pedestrian. Uh, the Pedestrian. Uh, starring a very wonderful David Augenstiers. Oh. Uh, David, if you're listening, we, we love, love you. Oh my gosh, please, we talk about every single voice role he's ever done. Please, are you kidding Just me? Just all the voice roles. Everyone. And his uh, one season stint on Two Guys, A Girl, and A Pizza Place. That's right. You know, that's probably the next thing, maybe next year is what we'll do, right? Please, I have the entire series. I will, I Let's will. Let's do it. I, oh my goodness, we may have to. We'll have an entirely separate episode. podcast. Which is one guy, one girl in a podcast, and we'll just go episode by episode. Okay. <laughs> you have no idea how much I'm into this. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do yes. it. We'll yes. do a second episode a week that's just talking about yeah. this show. I, I don't know why I want to do this so much. It's but happening. You heard it here first. <laughs> All right. So on uh, September 13th, we are officially going to start another podcast. That's our name now, copyright. Married to the idea. Can't take it. Yeah. And then uh, one, a guy or on a podcast. So if that's not already been taken. We we'll have to check. So, but, the, but the pedestrian. The pedestrian. Uh, kind of an interesting little setup that you don't really see until, at, like, you don't get a lot of world building because you assume that it's the same and then it actually goes on to be something else. So, um, why don't you give the, the background for this one? Cause I kind of, I did it on the last one. Sure. Um, so in the story, the pedestrian is actually like a two page story, incredibly short. Um, the uh, show makes a change by introducing a second character with whom the main character can interact with. But the setup for both is that um, there is a guy walking down the street at night. No one else is out. You come to find out the reason for this is because there's kind of a totalitarian state going on where there's a curfew, people aren't allowed outside, and to keep everyone complacent, everyone's got a TV in their house. They've got air conditioning. They've got everything they could ever need. Why do they ever want to go just walking around outside without a purpose? Um, so it's this guy um, just enjoying seeing the stars and the moon uh, until he's stopped by a police car or helicopter, as you were, um, and asked several questions about, you know, why are you out walking? And the answers that he gives lead you to understand that this is a very Fahrenheit 451 sort of environment that Bradbury is pulling off of again. The cool thing about Fahrenheit 451 is, according to Bradbury himself, so come at me, lip majors, according to Bradbury himself, Fahrenheit 451 was never about censorship as much as it was about the rise of television. 
and how people would find entertainment in this box and be so engrossed by it that they would forget to notice the world around them, become complacent, forget mm -hmm. to question and grow as a person. Um, think of it as movies are passive entertainment, whereas a book is active entertainment. You must, yeah. you must read and imagine and parse, whereas a movie or even a play is given to you. You accept it. You don't have yeah. to read into it further. And like video games are kind of like a weird in between. They're yeah. both passive and active. So or a choose your own adventure book. Mm -hmm. A little bit of both. Yeah, I, I would say that those are kind of there in like a similar category. So um yeah the I can actually when you said that it was a two page, I can actually absolutely see that. It's, it's definitely a very quick it's a quick glimpse, a quick concept. Just yeah. this idea quickly paint a picture of this world and show why it's dystopia as opposed to just going on about the apocalypse and then saying, and then there was this guy. He didn't like how things were, and then he became the hero. It's not. Uh, it's actually quite bittersweet. Pedestrian man. Pedestrian man. Delivery boy man. But, um, yeah, the, um, David Augensteers absolutely makes it worth the watch, He makes though. all of Bradbury's lines work. He, he has that gravitas, that presence, that saying something along the lines of like it's like a chessboard out there waiting for me to make my move like you give that to anyone else you give that to like mark Wahlberg, and it's Ugh. gonna be like him talking to plants or i'm an inventor this could be a game changer for me like it's it, like and mark Wahlberg is actually a decent actor when you give him the right thing to work yeah. with so with but David Augustus Steers has that gravitas to say those lines and like to actually mean something like and black tennis shoes because you won't make noise. Like I actually thought this was like him like a he they were criminals like they were going to go do another heist. Like, I thought that was the whole point. <laughs> no, they're they criminals because they want to go walk outside. Yes. And so it was a very um kind of an interesting setup. Um, the payoff was a little, <sighs> the, the other actor, I don't know if they just, they couldn't decide what the character should be because it was, he was almost well, kid-like and then he was almost. He's not original, he's not from old. the original story. I know, but they, they, they just, they didn't have a clear vision of what they wanted for that character. Um, but the other character kind of annoyed me at a couple of points, um. <laughs> And uh, I know that the ending itself was not a letdown because it actually worked, but then at the very, very end, it just kind of faltered. Like, because they end up getting stopped by a police helicopter. He asked for the question, and they like they had to pad out the runtime, so they had to like they're almost caught, but they weren't, and so they keep walking. Oh no, they're almost caught again, and they keep walking, and so. Finally, they are caught, and they're give, they're asked all these questions, and like the, the questions are so genius, and it's pretty much verbatim from the story. Um, uh, uh, are you married? No one would have me. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> like it's so sardonic. It's so it's great, and they um, I think the thing about it is that even the ending of the original short story isn't so much a twist or even satisfying. I don't think it's meant to be satisfying. In the end, you come to find that these things that have pulled them over, there's not actually a human piloting any of this. 
there may not be any humans left alive back at where these people who disobey the rules go. Yeah. They could have been gone forever, and it's just now machines who were given programming now continuing to run us. Yeah. And yeah. it just raises more questions than it answers. It's, it was a, yeah, so that, that, like, and that part was interesting, and then, then he gets in, and then, like, he, like, gives his, like, real worried look, and then that's it. And then, like, the, the other character's like, I'm gonna take these shoes, and I'm gonna burn them! You hear me? I'm gonna burn them! And then, like, then he's like, and then he looks over, and he sees guys, he's like, oh, crap, it, it's... Yeah, they didn't yeah. play that character correctly, and again, he wasn't in the original, so... Yeah, so, it's... David Ogdenstar's work makes it worthwhile, so... Yeah, definitely. I think if they had done something similar to our next one to serve man and had it ending with him in the helicopter just alone ruminating on his thoughts if he gets taken to wherever he's taken and deliver perhaps the final line of the short, that might have been the way to play that particular yeah. thing out. But I do know why there's a second character. You can't just have David Ogdenstar's monologuing for the 24 minutes until he's taken away. He almost he did. He could have. I would have liked it. He almost did. I mean, let, let's be honest. He almost did that. It was so. close, yeah. But, uh, so, to uh, to change the uh, flow just a little bit, I actually read this short story, and she only watched the, sh uh, the episode herself. Um, and there are changes. They're not ton but there are some changes um i read to serve man i knew what the big twist was already with it but it's too memeable to not know yeah. the twist it's kind of like soil and green is people yeah it's such but it's such a great twist that you just you, like you know that it's coming but at the same time you don't see how like it's like uh, the the raptors at the end of Jurassic Park. Like, you know he's going to die, and then all of a sudden one pops up from the right. It's like, holy crap. So, <laughs> along the kind of along those lines, um, the, the original short story and the episode of Twilight Zone both pretty much set up the same way. Um, I think in the original short, it was a, um, a linguist versus a codebreaker. But kind of the same same thing. Um, the episode takes gives it a little bit more time to world build, but at the same time they take too much time in other things. Like in the short story, it's pretty much you know blast by blast by blast by blast. Um, whereas in the episode. You know they they have a little they have a longer run time they have you know about a thirty minute run time or so. It sounds like the similar problem with War of the Worlds and every movie adaptation of it, where the book is blow by blow by blow and it's a teleplay and it's meant to be read quickly with action and then the twist at the end. Yeah. War of the Worlds movies have to bloat pad throw in human characters. There is, there really is no protagonist in the original War of the Worlds. No, unless it's count tom cruise running away from everybody. no sorry and then in the in the novel yeah i i know what you mean i, I know what you mean i know what you mean so with this one there is a there is a main human character but with the episode they give him more time like they're like at one point he's asked to uh it's like ask he's asked about the progress because the the alien ends up... So, yeah. Up. Oh, so the whole point is is that the world is visited by these this alien race. And they are... They give, like, 
energy solutions and something that's going to make uh, soil uh, nutrient rich and uh, yeah, play like, energy, no more famine, no more wars. Pretty yeah. much going to solve every problem that humanity has, and immediately everyone's like. Okay, but why? Yeah, and they even do a lie detector test, and uh, and what happens is the alien sets down a book, and they're trying, it's like, this is the only, because they don't communicate by verbalization, but they communicate by uh, mentalization. Um, and machines. And machines, which may be another reason how he beat the um, uh, lie detector test, because he doesn't talk verbally. Yeah, that was my big question, but we'll get to that when we get to that. But, uh... So they are trying to crack the code, the alien language, and um, at one point, someone they get the title, the title to serve man, and so it, you know, and then it goes along, and like everyone's talking, and like they give all this stuff, um, and people are super excited, and like apparently they start offering can, trips to go to the aliens' home yeah, world kind of to see what's like, and like people are talking about like, oh, it's like a vacation the whole time you're there, or. Like, there's, there's a sport similar to baseball, and there's leagues running all the time. The sun never goes down. It's always 78 degrees. It's like, like you guys don't see how Too idealistic. Yeah. So, the... The big the, twist, the, as the, it turns out. Yeah, the, the main, quote-unquote, character um, gets accepted into a visa or whatever, and is literally the last person in line. And his assistant, who's the one who figured out this alien language, she figures out and runs through the spaceport or whatever ship port and um, sees him. And she's like, "Don't get on! Don't get on that ship! Don't get on!" He's like, "Why?" Deserved man. It's a cookbook. It's a cookbook. So it, dramatic sting. Zoom in. And like the guy is like, "No." off the alien like kind of pushes him on and um and what and then like it shows him actually on like either at the um it goes back to the beginning um what's great about the way they play this i don't know if it's like this in the book but the way they play the episode uh, is that it starts off with him on this ship you have no idea what it is you just know there's a motorized voice up there telling him things and he asks what time it is and he's like in space there is no time what time is it on earth and that's how you figure out things. And he goes into a flashback of all oh, well, this came to happen. And he's and then real it... uh, theological with his talk. And there's actually one point where he's, when he's, uh, like I was saying a second ago, where he's asked about his uh, progress. And he goes, he's, well, what does it matter if I make progress? They're literally helping us out with Sounds everything. Sounds to me, yeah, something like you guys are out of a job once they fix everything. Yeah, they're like, it's like, so you want to find a problem. It was real kind of... It proves... It's a good a hubris bit. metaphor. Yeah. Um, and then it ends with him on the ship, and he's telling him to eat up. He wouldn't want you to lose weight, which is good because I feel like if they had just told the story straightforward without those cappers... It would have been less satisfying. Well, I disagree because the original short story, they don't have those cappers. It literally is kind of a blow by blow. And the main quote unquote character is this guy who's a linguist. Well, um, apparently, like, this guy's wife, or a friend of his, his wife, ends up being accepted to go on, like, one of the very first visas. And, like, they're in constant communication, and all of a sudden, there's no more communication. And the guy's like, and the guy immediately 
it suspects foul play. And so he's like, you know, he's like, he's, I don't know. I don't like this. I don't like this. And um, uh, then all of a sudden, the aliens look much different in the uh, in the story. By the way, they're almost like pig-like creatures. Um, but they, uh, the guy ends up right next to the main character, and like they're they're almost like being marched down this way. But like the guy just knows there's nothing he can do, um, and he he looks at the other one. It's like, what's wrong? You look like you're like defeated he's like well i am there's nothing else i can do he's what do you mean he's like to serve man it's a cookbook and that's where it ends it's so like punch you in the gut like like you have to take a moment like like again i knew the big twist before i even read the short story and it's still like i had to sit back for a second like holy crap that was so well done so um, the episode is good. Classic Twilight Zone. Yeah. The the crazy out of nowhere cement for your approval. Oh God, um, Rod Sterling. And the 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 recollections of one man embellished with soliloquy and just, all these great words. I'm like, pull out the source out of your butt, I Sterling. I top party. So, <laughs> um, it was really good. Um, it's definitely one of the most iconic episodes of Twilight ever, or Twilight Zone ever. So that's definitely, it was fun to watch. Yeah. And, uh, it's still on Netflix. So I that's still ours. don't know how they beat the lie detector test, but I guess we'll I think know. it's something that it's either something to do with, a different alien biology or that it's um probably has and maybe in the book it was vaguer but nothing nothing that they said in this could possibly be misconstrued it wasn't like they saying they didn't do a lie detector test in the short story yeah but like in this think. yeah in this one maybe in the book it's more subtle where you can read things into it that you couldn't hear but in this one they say no, in no uncertain terms, we only want to bring you prosperity. Not like, yeah. not like we will treat you well. Which you'd be like, well, you treat your cows well. Oh no! But there wasn't any sort of hint. Well, there, there was. I think they said at one point they're like, we want to help humanity solve its problems, but they never said we don't want to harm humanity. So you could lawyers speak it, but Wiggle we're, room it out. You know, but we're we're not going to worry about that. So. <laughs> To Serve Man was pretty good. So it's a cookbook. It is a cookbook. Um, so to finish off our little uh, short, short, stories. short story, short episode, um, was the last Ray Bradbury episode. So and I, I thought I was going to hate this one because of just how slow it was. But this thing built. The best kind of slow burn. It, like, like you're hovering right there. And there's little, just little, little peaks here and there just little peaks and then there's a part where it picks up and by god does it not stop until the very end and it's only like a 20 minute short it is not very long mm -mm. but it feels kind of long at certain points but this is the story called the town where no one got off yes submitted for the approval of the midnight society <laughs> so there is a lot of um, i'm excited to talk about this atmosphere. too because i did not read the short story i didn't yeah. have this short story so i went in just as blind as aaron to watch this it was the last one we watched before we sat down to record so i also had the same sort of uh I was just as surprised when the twist came too, and it was yeah, even it was without a that, great it was twist. It, it was like, good. It kept me like, guessing. I saw like the 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 twist you see coming 
is, is and then there's another twist is, and then it like and then it double times you so um so the quick setup for this is that um uh, a young man is traveling on a train and um he looks out he's just kind of watching the world pass by and there's this kind of older businessman reading a newspaper and there's like this kind of uh dilapidated town that they kind of pass through it's like you know kind of a small almost suburban rural town and they uh uh and he's just kind of watching it and like the old man sees the town and he goes oh idealistic aria you know something about the town they have a huge debate about oh you're a writer see see i knew you were a writer I because you believe in that you believe that idealistic crap about how small town life is yeah. so idyllic and you know your neighbor's like well like, i think it is ble bleeding art and everything like that he's like well if you really feel that way you'll stop you'll the very next town that we stop in you'll stop in there and you'll get off and he's like the very next town, very next town. So that's what he does. It's he gets, right off the train. Yeah, and he goes and talks to the train conductor a little bit, and then he goes uh, and he starts. He walks by this guy who's like asleep oh. on the chair. Aaron, who was our protagonist? Well, I, I was saving that for later. Oh, okay. So um, there's uh, so he walks by this sleeping guy, and he like turns the corner of the sleeping guy, and kind of just like wakes up and like looks at where uh, the main person has been walking. And he starts up, to follow and him. And he starts following him. You're like, oh, okay, that's weird. Um, and you don't really realize how weird it is until later. And he starts walking through town. He doesn't really meet a ton of people. The to... people he does meet are not very warm and inviting. Like he perhaps thought that small town life would be. Like, yeah, like oh, hi, how you doing? It wasn't Stars Hollow. No, it was not. So so you have this whole unease about why everyone in town is just like so off. And they play it as off. Yeah. And still, the old man continues to follow him as they go on and on, and he gets more and more unnerved by it. The police station's locked up. When he goes to doors, the closed sign appears, and the yeah. doors lock on him. He can't get in anywhere, and the command continues to follow him until finally he catches up to him. And it, and he's not, like, chasing after him when he's running. He it's just walking. happens to be walking near him or on the other side of the street looking at his door front, but, like, also kind of looks back at him. Finally, when he catches up to him, he just kind of walks up to him. He's like, I've been waiting for you. And the the main character goes, for me? For me? Why were you waiting for me? For me or someone like you. Is, yeah, for you or rather someone like you. It's, you see, we've not really had anyone stop on, on that train in many, many years. In fact, I want to say it was about 20 and that's when I started sitting outside that train station, yeah. waiting for you to show up. And and so he like so you think it's gonna go like one way, like where he's like, oh now I can finally leave, or I, you can take my place. Ray or... Bradbury has that element of the mystical. That was where mine went. My mind went to. Yeah, like I th that's what I thought too. And then but then it goes psychological, and like you take a very quick turn on that. And you stay on that for the rest of the the short. It's just a battle of minds at the end. It's just a mm -hmm. psychosis. It's an exploration on man's nature. Yeah, he actually is like, have you uh, ever hated someone? Like, I felt like this was almost going to be like, Timmy, uh, do you ever see Gladiator movies? <laughs> do you no. ever uh, stay late and watch The Boys Shower? You ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? <laughs> Different movie. I know. <laughs> uh... But the uh, so he but he's like, do you ever hate anyone? And the main character goes, 
Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, really hate them. Like, like you wanted to hit them. Like you wanted to hit them. Yeah, of course, but I never actually did. Oh, okay. Well, what if that hate grew and grew and grew until finally... All those like, hits and punches and broken noses and dead bodies have all just been building up inside your mind. You're like, what is happening? You're like, what the hell just happened here? And still the writer just nodding, walking along. You could tell he's like, maybe this is off, but he's like, I'm going to keep going I'm, with I'm this. Too, I'm too intrigued. I'm a writer. I want to know what's going on. Go on. Go on. I'm listening. <laughs> and so, and like, they have kind of a, 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 a not a debate, but a, a discussion. And uh, and the guy ends up kind of, as he's talking with him, ends up taking him into this, like, old kind of abandoned house. He's like, oh, I got a bottle Come of something. Come on here. So, have a drink with yeah, me in here. Have a nip, you know. And the, and the guy's like, okay. And so they walk in, and he keeps talking. He keeps coming. I was like, and if... And if I were to ever kill anyone, I, I, I couldn't do it with anyone in town. No, no. They would all know. They would all know, and it would be it would be too obvious. And and I thought to myself, what if, what if someone came off the train that never stops? What if someone one day walked off the train, a stranger in town who no one knew? And what if I could get that stranger alone, indoors, away from everyone? I'm like, run, run, run! And like, you even see the main character going like, uh shit like the 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 other dude is fine uh, other shoe is finally starting to drop and he's like and, and i could just dump the body in the river it'd be the perfect crime and and he's like he's like uh keeps uh rationalizing and keeps it'd be great put his hand in his pocket and he starts yeah he starts reaching into his pocket and he's like and then the writer goes you know what it's amazing how alike our minds are. And, and the old guy just kind of stops, like, what? And he's like, because I was thinking, while I was on the train, how amazing would it be if I were to be able to get off... In a small town where no one knew who I was. And I could... I could just maybe talk to someone and, and figure out, you know, who they were a little bit and... And then kill them. Then I would get on the train. And no one would ever know. And it, and, and it wouldn't be like a, a crime of passion or anything like that. The just, police would never figure it out. Yeah. And then he puts his hand in his pocket. He's like, and that's why I have my pistol on me. And it's, you know, and I'm and I'm kind of glad that we were able to find each other. And, and like, the old man, like, kind of is like, he, his hand is not actually in his pocket. He's just kind of, like, right there above it, like a gunslinger. And he's like, and he's like is this you, but you don't. You don't have a gun. You don't have a gun. And the writer goes, you don't know that for certain. And the old man just kind of stares at him. Like, is this how it's going to be? And, like, they're just, it was a stare down. It was like, it was like a weird version of uh, High Noon. Yeah. It was, and it like, and you're like. What's going to happen? What's going to happen? So palpable. Smash cut to. The train stopped because the you had to put a flare on the track. The train never stops unless you put a flare up to get it. So yeah, for when, like supplies and junk. And someone starts walking up and you see that it's the main character, the rider, walking up like, oh my god. He killed that old man. And like he, he gets, gets closer to the train. He gets he gets on the train and the conductor's like, can I see your ticket? And he's like, well, did you find what you're looking for? And he looks back out at the empty chair, and you're like, oh my god, this guy killed someone, and he just keeps staring, and he keeps staring, and like, 
and all of a sudden it cuts again and you see another person walking up to the chair and they just and they just sit in the chair and, and it's the old man and he looks right at him they just look at each other as the train slowly pulls away and it was it like <sighs> like it it was like whenever you're on a roller coaster and you go flat but it, instead of like a general build up it's like when you go like straight it dropped, up that there were like four twists. It dropped out on me so many times. Yeah, like I thought it was going to be some sort of weird supernatural thing or like the entire town was going to turn against him or it was going to be like when he started talking about the hate, like how they like they purge type thing or... You had a million thoughts and I was like, no, it's really just this guy thinking of for the last 20 years, what's the best way to commit a crime and get rid of this anger inside me? And then, so, and then you, you're not certain if the main character is bluffing his way out of that scenario or if he I, my theory, literally said, yeah, I do have that anger inside me. Wouldn't it be great if I did this? My theory is that the main character came with came up with that on the spot. He's a writer. He could and, do it. Yeah, and ha had this thought and like managed to get his ass out of trouble. Now, Aaron... What makes this special just so darn amazing? So not only not only is it fairly well shot, decently written, and like the twist is amazing, but the main character is uh, acted by Jeff Goldblum. Who, who is the reason I bought this series in the first <laughs> place? I'm sorry, Jeff Goldblum is in a Ray Bradbury story? Uh, check please. <laughs> He and he did a great job. Him and his mullet. Yeah. He's he was a heartthrob. I forgot that you've yeah. done watch Jurassic Park for a while and you forget that he was a dude. <laughs> there was a there was a part where like he's trying to get a soda out of a machine and like the owner comes out and she's like, What are you doing? And he gives him such a nice smile. And just he's like, Oh, I'm just trying to get a soda. Of a smile. She's like I've never seen you before. And he, he looks at her and he goes, I've never seen you before either. And it's <laughs> just like... Plays it uh, off. Yeah, you're so right. So clever. So, there are no ahs or ums. Yes. Yeah. He clearly stayed to script. <laughs> yep. Um, 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 I'm, um, 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 going to, um, um, uh, ah, there it is. Kill you. Like... <laughs> No, he didn't, he didn't go bloom. He didn't. He didn't go bloom at he all. He was go bloom in the absolute best way. I loved his turn. He's like, you think he's about to die? Yeah, like you. He even see him at one point, like start backing away, and he like backs into he like he's not gonna get away. And then all of a sudden, he takes full command of the situation. He's like, it's amazing how alike we are because I was wondering how to murder someone too. I'm like, ah. And my my so my my thing is, is I think he I think he bluffed his way out. But the thing is, is that twist was so good it's that it could have easily twist. been the other way. So that was that was the best out of all of them. It was oh gosh, so yeah, good, even better than To Serve Man. Like like head head and shoulders better than To Serve Man. So. I'm glad that we watched that one. Yeah, this was a this was kind of a fun little uh, experiment. I like this. I think we may have to keep doing this or do something along these lines. So. I definitely recommend uh, Ray Bradbury, either his written works, his short stories. If you don't want to just devour an entire novel, go for his short stories. They're really fantastic. Um, yeah. 
death and his uh, death and his maiden is my favorite short story by his. I can't remember. I really want to say that there's a short story that I read in one of those uh, Bruce Coville books that is um, it was a Ray Bradbury, but it was really like slow burn and like even even at the end it wasn't like real pulse pounding but it was like even the ending was real slow burn. his endings make you think they're not meant to smack you over the head yeah. you later come to be like oh god i get it uh we will actually be talking about ray bradbury again for our halloween one of our halloween episodes yes we're, we're not gonna spoil anything else but if you that, know those so. two things you and we, know this. And we may or may not already have what we're going to do next week. Um, I know what we're going to do the week before, but I'm trying to think of... I, I have an idea of what we may do next week, so... So how do you think we should rate these, babe? Should we go with each one and say whether the story was better than this short? Uh, say for the last one, yeah, we could do that. Because we didn't read the story for the last one. Yeah, we never right. read it. Um, and I kind of don't want to read it now, either. No, I, I, I no it was good. perfect. Yeah. Um, let's see. Um, the fruit at the bottom of the bowl, I really liked the story. It really shows his manic madness. And Michael Ironside does do a good sweaty job of capturing that. <laughs> I don't know how they achieved that sweaty look. They got so much that. sweat. Um, but I personally think that the story, the written story, just for the way it simplifies the character's actions and makes you question whether he's talking to himself or not, or if he's yeah. seeing things or not. Whether the people are actually there or not. Yep. I go for the story over the short. Right. Um, the pedestrian, I think David Ogden Steers saved it for me, honestly, because I liked the pedestrian, but it's only two pages. I kind of like how they flesh it out. They definitely I let think, you... There's... I think if they had done the, the secondary character, it would have been a lot stronger. Um, but yeah, I think David Ogden Steers... Would, would and there's some really great scenes if you know about Ray Bradbury and his disdain for the glowing box. There are scenes that are way too close to home where the guy's watching TV and his friend's like trying to get him to do something exciting and a little dangerous and fun and you just see him looking around him yeah. to look at the TV and then he's like, yeah, it's a really good show and he's like, you've seen this before. You saw it when it was called this and this and that. You've seen this show before and he's like, and you know, like, he just doesn't care. He'll he'll notice, take it in no matter what. Did you notice there was a bunch of like, um, like every roof had like twenty uh, antennas? Yep, yeah, because they have to get all of the TV in. Yeah, and, and the, the dogs would bark. And the reason the dogs were barking is because they were mad at the people who get to walk outside because they weren't allowed to walk outside because the owners were busy watching television. And there's uh, there's there's some there's some little subtle things. So I would have to agree with that. So. Um, Fruit of the Bottle of the Bowl, story better, but the pedestrian, the short, was better. Uh, Deserved Man, I I don't know. I gotta say, I'd probably say story, because the the story was, again, kind of blow by blow. It wasn't very long. I want to say it was only a few pages long, too, but it was just so effective. I mean, there's a whole reason why that line, Deserved Man, it's a cookbook, is so iconic, so... Um, you know, it could be because of the Twilight Zone, but I I have to say, I, I'd have to say the story was better. I just figured out why the aliens in the book are pig-like animals. Because they're used to slaughtering pigs for food. Yeah. And it's, it's a twist. Yeah, it's it's kind of like the Twilight Zone where, like, the woman, like, unwraps her face and there's actually, like, pig faces and jokes, so. <laughs> um, and then, of course, uh, 
Uh, Let's just town. rate the town where no one got off. Okay. All right. I, I, yeah, the only one we'll actually give a rating. I, I, I can. I can. Our do traditional that. Fi- out of five. Out of for five. each of us. I'm gonna say. Three point five out of five. Why do you say that? Uh, because because a slow burn at times just was too slow, and it's so steep in the eighties. But like honestly, I don't know what exactly I would change. But like, there's the 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 what happens is the whole beginning of it into like even just past halfway, like basically. It's all set up, and then De Dumont is actually the man coming up and talking to him. So, like, everything before then, like, they play it real close to the chest, but they don't do enough. I don't know. It's, it's something along those lines, so. All right. I would say four out of five. Okay. So. I agree with you on the slow burn. However, that twist about makes it up for me. Yeah. It. I've been ruined for most every other twist in a movie. And those usually Shyamalan. The reason why I like this twist is that it plays with your expectations. It makes you think one thing's coming when it's actually another. But the twist is absolutely seeable if you watch it again. Mm-hmm. It's to- and, it, and the knowledge of the twist does not ruin the excitement that you get from when you watch it. I, I don't think we could watch it again. For a long time, but I yeah, absolutely I recommend that you watch it. I definitely enjoyed it. Um, I think if I if I had the short story, um, I don't know if I would because I think the yeah. short is done really really well. I'd have to agree, or because we didn't have anything going into it, we didn't have any expectations. So, you know, they absolutely exceeded the low expectations that we had. But not saying that they were low because of anything else. Is that we try to be. Um, Especially when we don't have expectations for things, we actually try to be very um, accepting for things. So, but um, overall, I you know all um, they were all at least watchable. <laughs> <laughs> all watchable. So there's some there's some neat Twilight Zone episodes out there. Um, hopefully, at some point, I can show you them. But there's um, uh, and then of course, this Ray Bradbury ones are just so steeped in the eighties. Just I'm like a, again, I feel like I'm watching an adult version of. Are you for the dark? It's so. gonna be great though, cause uh, now we have some perspective for when we uh, watch Stranger Things second season. I cannot wait. Oh my god! For number two, we might we may have to rewatch season one. Oh, so. we have to, cause then we have to compare. Oof! Yeah. Ugh. Don't envy that job. Don't yeah. envy it. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys for sitting through our kind of quieter episode and. Uh, yeah. Uh, 7.5 for the time where no one got off. Definitely recommend it. Uh, and we recommend the stories of To Serve Man and uh, Fruit of the Bottom of the Bowl, but do check out The Pedestrian as well. So, mm-hmm. uh, But until next week, uh, hopefully I feel better and we have a good plan <laughs> for next week. When you're I- talking about Aaron, we always have a good plan, and we're going to uh, start the layout for One Guy, One Girl on a podcast. I, I'm... You... There's not as much of a cult following, but I, I still want to do this. We're going to do it, man. Just just for the fun of it. So. Sorry. Well, until then, she's been Elizabeth. He's been Aaron. And, and we're, we're married, married to, to the, the idea. idea.